This is the Eastside Liquor Halftime Podcast. Oh, intermission. No, it's halftime. Stop by 9390 Rogers Avenue for the best liquor, beer, and wine deals in the River Valley. Arkansas wins a national championship! Check out Eastside Liquor on Facebook for weekly specials. Say goodbye! Darren McFadden, 80 yards, touchdown! Morning, Bob. I played Sam Pittman's quote of, uh, it was a lengthy quote, about a minute long, uh, comparing... NIL to essentially like talking about restrictions on NIL and um, I wonder what your reaction is when you hear coaches compare what's happening in college football to the NFL because I do not see the similarity I don't see really many if any similarities between the two enterprises I wonder what you think when you hear that well I, I get that you know if if you're flush with NIL money you know like A&M and some of these other schools uh, probably are. You, you feel good about it, and Arkansas certainly is not cash poor, I don't think, but maybe they don't have as much money to spend on some people, but yeah, I mean, it may, <clears throat> the college game is, you know, evolving maybe closer to the NFL in terms of players getting compensated and and uh, things, things of that nature, as Sam would say <laughs> with that phrase, but yeah, it's, 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 not, it's not pro football yet. I mean, I still think I mean, guys want to be compensated now with NIL money, obviously, but, um, you know, I think guys still want to go, you know, play somewhere they want to be, play for coaches they want to, want to, um, you know, be around, guys they think can help develop them, um, you know, play close to home where the family and friends can see them. So um, I guess maybe what some people have said is that, hey, the NFL has a salary cap, so the NIL needs a salary cap. But, of course, other people point out coaches don't have a salary cap, right? Oh, uh, well, and it's also, so, where's yeah. the NIL money coming from? It's coming from, you know, so-called sponsors, boosters, donors. There aren't boosters for an NFL team. There aren't donors for an NFL team. Those are sponsors. And the money goes through the team and then paid to the players. You know, once the universities or the athletic departments start paying the football players, and now you maybe can work out some sort of salary cap or something, now we're talking something that's a little bit similar. Until then, I don't see the similarities. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not the NFL, at least not yet. I would argue that the Packers, you know, we, we basically Packer fans are like boosters. We, we contribute money and buy shares in the team, which is very unique, of course. It's the only pro, pro sport uh, team that's probably like that. But Packers are kind of like a college team in that regard. But, yeah, I mean... Uh, you, you talk about money. I mean, you look, look at the Yankees, right? Didn't they have the biggest payroll? They didn't make the playoffs. The Aggies, I think you can say they had the biggest payroll, right? They, they're not. I mean, they're doing okay, six and four, but they're probably going to end up being, you know, seven and five or something. So, it, just like in pro sports, you know, money you spend in college sometimes works out, sometimes it doesn't. But it's we often see it's not the quote richest teams that that have the best seasons. Bob, how? Uh... I had a coach tell me, you know, it's never as good as it seems and it's never as bad as it seems. It's always somewhere in between. What, what is the feel up there? How, how bad is it? Are, are we close? Are, are, are we, I mean, is it still that far off? What, what is kind of the feel up there? Is there any hope that this is going to get turned around? Are we going to see any hope these last couple games? Is it just going to be the same thing again next year? Well, I would hope Arkansas would take care of against Florida National. If they don't, then that's really cause for concern if, if and i'm sure a lot of people already are concerned 
But, um, yeah, it, it's kind of, I don't know, numb might be the right way. I mean, I don't think people are very excited about this game, honestly. One, it's late in the year and you're playing a non-conference game against a team. Even with all of Arkansas struggled, I think the last time I looked, they were, like, favored by 30. And it's going to be at night. And it's not going to be freezing or snowstorm, but it's probably not going to be real comfortable. So I, I don't expect a huge crowd for this game, especially after what happened against Auburn. But it's just, this is a very hard team to read because they have, you know, their best win of the year without question at Florida. And Sam Pittman said it was about as good a win as he'd ever been around. And this is a guy who, you know, was at Georgia when they played for the national title. And, um, you know, he had a great year at Arkansas going nine and four. And even that three and seven season, they had some huge wins beating Ole Miss like they did and breaking the SEC, losing the streak of Mississippi State and all that. And so, um, if they went from probably one week to having what Sam and I wouldn't argue with them, you know, called the best about the best one he's been around to probably you know the worst loss he's had at Arkansas. I mean, Auburn's you know an SEC team; they're definitely getting better. And Hugh Freeze is a really good coach, but Auburn just really manhandled them from the get go in all phases. You know, Arkansas's offense was bad; their defense was bad; their special teams were pretty bad, and so. um you know, you just kind of how do you go from playing your best game of the year to probably your worst? I mean, I guess you can argue that they played worse against Mississippi State. I, I don't know, you know that was closer, but the defense played well that game. Um, so I, I don't know. It's a very hard team to figure out because they had some quote encouraging losses. If you can call if you you know if you're into those things like you know close losses at LSU and Alabama where they actually had a shot to win at Ole Miss. And then it just lay a huge egg like that at home against Auburn when there was a lot on the line, you know, still playing for bowl eligibility, want to play well at home. It just it really defies logic. And so I don't really know what to make of the team, but I think there's a lot of, I don't know if confusion is the right, but I think there's a lot of mixed feelings because I think the fan base, for the most part, really likes Sam Pittman. He's a likable guy. I think they know he's worked hard. He, you know, he had some, he's had some really great moments here. And then this year, it had some very frustrating losses last year, and then this year's had some, you know, really bad losses. You know, like like last week, losing at home to BYU, who's a solid team. But you look at what happened to BYU in the Big Twelve, and that's a game Arkansas should not have lost. Um, so I think there's a lot of mixed feelings because you know if you if you did a plus minus column, there'd be a lot of pluses in that column for Sam Pittman, certainly in his first couple of years, and even last year. And, and beating Florida for the first time, no coach had ever done that. And granted, this in Steve Spurs, Florida, that was still a really good win. And then a lot of the losses this year, you know. So I, I don't really know how to feel. I, I think people have mixed feelings because there have been some really good moments in Sam's four seasons, and then there have been some really bad moments, too. Well, I think in, mo- in a lot of fans' mind, I mean, even though they're paying attention to football, but they've kind of moved on. Not not just the basketball or whatever's next, but whatever's next is this is the football offseason, which is like nine days away, or, or maybe a little more than that, like a little more than two weeks because it, the, the portal opens after the SEC championship and the conference championship games. You know, and, and, and in fans' mind and everyone, you know, you're, 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 you're thinking about, well, what's going to happen next? Is Sam going to be the head coach? Is, you know, how do you improve the team and, 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 and this and that? In his mind, in the coaching staff's mind, like these, 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 this next eight days, I mean, I, there were, it didn't seem to me too much. I mean, he was a little worried about what happens in the offseason, but you get two games left. You really kind of need to win Saturday and, and and at least put a good showing on the field Friday next week against Missouri. You'd love a win. But you don't want to see what happened the last two home games. Um, 
And, you know, I mean, it's just an interesting juxtaposition. And then the portal opens up, and by then, who knows what happens. I just wonder what the conversations are amongst the coaches and the players uh, are like for these next couple of weeks because, you know, you got to kind of be ready and have a sense of who's staying and who's going if you are still going to be the head coach. Yeah, you know, certainly when we talked to Sam on Monday, he spoke like a guy who definitely wants to be here. I mean, he's not going to resign. Uh, oh, I see some of these things on Twitter. They say, oh, Sam will do the right thing and resign. I'm like, uh, no, nobody in their right mind would do that. One, I don't think he's a quitter. And two, he's got a huge buyout. So who in their right mind would, would resign and forfeit all that money? It'd be like a player who's owed a lot of money, like a baseball player who's owed a lot of money and is struggling and he retires and leaves, you know, $30 million on the table or whatever. No, they don't do that. People don't do that. And so I think Sam's mindset, and this is a mindset he should have, is, you know, you got to win Saturday, right? I mean, if they lose at Florida National, then it's over. He's gone. I mean, if, if you lose at yeah. Florida National, he's gone. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, beating Florida National may not create a lot of goodwill or, you know, get a lot of people back in his column or behind him, but a loss is going to what, – whatever uh, – remaining support he has would totally evaporate and whether it's fans administrators whatever you know they cannot lose the floor they can't obviously anybody can lose to anybody but if they lose the florida state not florida state um that wouldn't be a bad loss <laughs> but if, if they lose that by you then it's over i mean i don't see how you could see any other uh outcome so they have to be you know fiu and then like you say if they beat missouri that would be a, a very feel-good win and it's possible but um, really, you know, they have to go all in on this FIU game, um, and not and they played really badly at home, poorly, and I know that bothers them, and they feel bad about that. But, you know, let's face it, their best games have been on the road, winning at Florida, taking LSU and Alabama, and, and Ole Miss to the wire. If they'd played as well at home as they played in those road games, they wouldn't be in this mess, you know. And so it's like Sam said, they got themselves in a situation and they got to get themselves out if they're given the opportunity. That, that, that's his mindset, which that's the mindset he or any coach should have. And I think if the administration had made the decision to move on from Sam and the staff, then there's no reason to wait, right? I mean, Mississippi State's looking for their coach. A&M's looking for their coach. Um, you know, other schools are going to be doing that soon, maybe. And so if... Um, if you know you're going to make a change, there's no sense in putting it off in my mind. So to my to my thinking, they haven't made the change. I, you know, Hunter, I think it's made it pretty clear. He he just does not want to fire Sam, not only for the Auburn game, but he certainly, after the Florida game, as you'd expect, was very supportive, says he believes, I'm paraphrasing here, but he has all the faith in the world in Sam Pittman as the coach. And at Arkansas, you have to look and say, wow, do you keep changing guys every, you know, two, three, four, or five years? I mean, it's not a good formula for success. Um and Arkansas traditionally has struggled to win, and the SEC has had some some really good, you know, seasons. Like like when Matt was there, they had some nine win seasons, and Houston had some good seasons. By Trier had some good seasons. Sam had a good season, you know. And so, does he get another season to right the ship if they don't collapse here at the end? And if if the Auburn game's an aberration and not a sign of things to come, you know. So that, those are some big decisions with a lot of money on the line that the administration's got to make. But if you make a change with Sam, it's not just his buyout and the assistant's buyout, it's the buyout for the next coach. I mean, Jeff, I was reading this Jeff Trailer, who's done a very good job at UTSA, and he might be a candidate for A&M, depending on who turns them down. You know, UTSA, he's got a $7 million buyout, you know? So um, there's a lot of money involved with buyouts, buyouts for the next coach, salaries for the next coach. So it's not just like a, a buyout for the head coach, it's a whole lot of other money involved, too. 
And so they got to ask themselves, can we really better our situation by making a change? Or do we give Sam a chance to right the ship when he has done some very good things here? Bob, last year, you you know, you had a strength coach that that got let go, new strength coach, new OC, new DC. This year so far, uh, we got an OC job opening up. Uh, I I don't know who your thoughts on a a guy that could come in here. It seemed like Enos was trying to make the players fit his system instead of you got to bring an OC that's going to make the the system to the players uh, because you can't ask the players to do something that they can't do. Uh, it, so, so trying to get a new OC, I don't know who you think's on the short list or not, but is there any other positions, movements uh, for this coaching staff that you could see that, that they're going to make a change in if it's not the head coach? Well, I mean, after a while, you run out of people to fire, right? I mean, like say he's made the strength coach change, he made an offensive coordinator change, and I don't, and I agree with you. I think Dan, who I, I respect, you know, and he's had a good coaching career, and he's fifty-five, so I assume he'll get another coaching job but yeah Dan seemed to want to make the players do what he wanted them to do rather than playing to their strengths and maybe you try to do that early when you say it's not working you change up some things but um well you saw Alabama do that Bob right didn't you see this this year Alabama did that with their quarterback and they were trying to make him do with the other quarter and then they were like hey we can't do that we're asking him to do stuff he can't do and so we're going to work on what he can do and build on that well, yeah, and then the, the best coaches, you know, adjust for their players' strengths. Right. And in terms of coaching changes, yeah, if Sam were to come back, I, I mean, I know he and Cody Kennedy are super close, and I'm, and I'm not smart enough to know the offensive line issues are more about coaching or players, but um, you know, the offensive line's been an issue, right? And and that just shocks everybody because Sam Pittman's one of the greatest offensive line coaches probably ever in college football, and he's a head coach now, but still. And some of it's been recruiting. You know, they've had some guys come in here, and they, they left, and they didn't go to big-time schools. They went to UNLV in Memphis. And so you're saying, well, gosh, they missed on those guys. And then some younger guys, they're probably being force-fed a little bit too much. And then some of the older guys, frankly, maybe aren't playing up to expectations. And so I could see a change being made there. I'm not saying, you know, they should or would. But, you know, but, but here's one thing about next year. You kind of saw this at Brett, Brett Bielema's last year, you know. They went seven and six in his fourth year, and on paper you say oh, that's not terrible. But the way these season ended, you know, they blew a big lead against the bad Missouri team and lost. Then they blew what was it, a twenty-four point halftime lead in the bowl game. So you could see which way the wind was blowing, and you knew that was a make or break year. And so when Brett made some changes on the staff, he was hiring guys that were like assistants to assistants in the NFL, like the assistant offensive line coach, or the assi- you know. And so um, I wonder what kind of guys can Sam bring in if they know it's a make or break year. In other words, if Arkansas doesn't win enough games, everything's going to get blown up. So it's going to be hard, in my mind, to hire a guy from like another Power 5 job. Um, you're probably going to have to go some up-and-comers. Of course, you know, Travis Williams, but, you know, last week notwithstanding, he's done a very good job as defensive coordinator, and the defensive staff as a whole has done well. And, and, and Travis came in from Central Florida, which I know is in the Big 8, and Gus is there and everything, but still that's not you know, an SEC caliber program in my mind. And so if Sam does make some changes, I mean, he's going to have to get a new offense coordinator. I'll do respect to Kenny Guy, and I don't think he's going to – he might be retained as receivers coach. I don't think he'd be the new, new OC. So Sam's you know, he's got to go out and probably get somebody that, um, you know, fits what he wants to do, that he feels like, um, you, you know, can, can rally the troops, so to speak, that can maybe bring in some innovation. 
but we don't know what the roster is going to look like because so much of that's based on the portal now. You know, I mean, KJ Jefferson has another year if he wants to come back or if he wants to go to another college. I, I have no idea what his thought process is, but kind of you, you got to figure some things out, and then you know, hire guys that you think will fit some things. But yeah, when things are going bad, you know, there's usually staff changes. That, that's just a, a fact of life in you know, big time college football. Bob, we're going to run. I appreciate your time. Thank you. Okay, you guys take care. Thank you, Bob. Bob Holt, Democrat Gazette, is with us each Thursday here on Halftime. You know, and he mentioned he mentioned Bielema's last year. I think he kind of people kind of realized after a 39-38 win over Coastal Carolina, something wasn't right. And then three games later, losses to LSU, Mississippi State, and Missouri, and he was done. Stan and Glenwood asked, "What if you barely beat FIU?" I mean, that's kind of the same kind of situation. South Carolina barely beat Jacksonville State last week. You 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 got to go out there and win. And the other thing that you kind of worry about is how many how many more years is Travis Williams going to be here? Maybe one more year. He's going to be a head coach soon. Thanksgiving dinner will be memorable this year at the historic Arlington Resort Hotel and Spa in Hot Springs. Thursday, November twenty third, from eleven a.m. to three p.m. in the Venetian dining room. You'll have a salad bar, carving station, hot buffet items, and desserts featuring traditional and unique items. Over twelve dine for fifty eight dollars per person. Under twelve for twenty nine dollars and under six eat free reservations required must have credit card to hold reservations call 501-623-7771 or log on at arlingtonhotel.com slash dining for reservations and complete menu items you're listening to the Eastside liquor halftime podcast right now Eastside liquor has a truckload of eggnog winter seasonal beers stouts and liquors rum chata moonshake creams and more don't forget about the hog bourbon decanters Come by the drive-thru or walk inside to see Dave and his team at Eastside Liquor, 9390 in Fort Smith. Now, back to the podcast. It's been a while since we had her on the show. Tara Talmadge joining us here. And I think now, since I think the last time we had Tara, she was with a different media organization. Now with uh, Hogs Plus and uh, hosting um, uh, That's the Tea, along with uh, Talia Brooks. Really a cool new podcast that started a few months ago that I've listened a couple times to. Tara, good to have you on Halftime today. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me on again. Yeah, I feel like it's just been too long, you know? We haven't, we haven't caught up, so there's a lot to go over. <laughs> That's right. There is a lot to go over. Uh, we've, been, we've been talking football pretty much uh, for the entirety okay. of the show, and uh, we, can, we can start there. Um, uh, odd times, you know, around the football mm-hmm. program. Um, you know, you're, 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 we don't know what's going to happen in the next couple of weeks. You know, I mean, it's, uh, you talk about foundations of a program and anything going on inside the locker room, inside the coaches' offices. You know, I don't think anybody that, that is here really knows what's going on with that. But from the outside, we're left to just sort of wonder, you know, what do you think in the next two games, is Sam Pittman coaching for his job or do you think um, that, that he's going to be safe as long as you beat FIU and have a good showing against Mizzou? Yeah, I think as long as you, you do well against FIU this weekend. I mean, Arkansas is, what, like a 28, 29-point favorite or something in this game. So I, I don't think that he's entirely coaching for his job or anything. I think that this team loves him. I think the staff loves him. Uh, I, I understand why people are upset, but I also want to remind everyone just, just what he's done for the program in general. Like, he, he helped this program so much. And people easily forget how much he's brought to this program, to this state. And so I'm, I'm hoping that he sticks around for a while. Uh, that's just my opinion. I think that 
the next couple weeks, obviously, you know, you're not playing for a bowl game, but the team is still in this. They know that they just want to, this is for pride. They want to finish on a high note. They don't want to go down and just go into the next couple games with, with their heads thinking they, they want to go out there and, and put out a good showing. And I hope that there's some fans that show up for them in the next two games as well. Tara. Hey, Matt Jones here. Uh, mm-hmm. I was, uh, I, I agree with you. You know, we were what 20 game, uh, winless streak in the sec before Coach yeah. Pittman got here. He's definitely made the program better than, uh, than, than what it was. That, that being said, you, you got to evaluate every position on, on this football mm-hmm. team. You got to evaluate all these coaches. We, we've had, a. Uh, a little bit of a changeover last year with the OC and DC and strength coach. You've already had the OC uh, go this year. Where 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 yeah. where do we need to get better at? If if you're saying, hey, let's have some hope these last two games, uh, where where is it? Where where do you see it uh, coming from? Um, man, I I mean, I think for starters, what Pittman said recently is that he just wants to see the fight from his guys. He wants to see them go out there, and he didn't really see it in the last game that they were on the sidelines and just kind of, they didn't have that fire to them. And so they need that. They need that that fight in them in the next couple of games. I think that's really key. But also, I mean, I think the offensive line obviously is an issue. So if you're talking about going into the next season, that is an area that, definitely needs to improve and I don't know if that's a you've got to go into the portal and get some guys or or what but that is an area that needs needs some help we have a we have an athletics department Tara that um just succeeds in in virtually every sport Mm -hmm. um with and a consistent level too and and just trying to get football to that level and it was there a couple of years yeah. ago with nine wins and, and man, I mean, it was celebrated. I mean, the athletic department's at a place that any, anybody mm-hmm. else in the country would love to be at, but now football yeah. the last couple of years, I mean, there's been a slump uh, since the hot start to last season. Why do you think Arkansas can keep baseball, basketball, track, soccer, soccer's, you know, hopefully going to make it to the, to the, the, the college cup for the first time. Why can they be at such a high level consistently, but yet football scratches and claws and sometimes has trouble hanging around mediocrity? You know, that's such a good question because I think we've all asked ourselves that. And truthfully, I don't know the full answer, but I think that it's, I mean, Arkansas is not lacking in what they put into that program. You know, they have the facilities, they have the money and and the funds to get, get things done. So I just, I don't, know why it hasn't gotten to the level that I know fans want it to get to. But I do know that, I mean, Hunter Yurichek's doing everything he can to get that program as high as it can go. So I'm not sure what, what the, what the magical answer is for that. If I did, I think they'd, they'd hire me. Right. You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, they did. They did to tell stories on, on. Hawk yes. Plus. Different. Different. Yeah. Be on yeah. staff for the team. Right. You know? Uh, right. But I mean, you got all these other <laughs> uh, positive stories to talk about and there's individual stories uh-huh. within the football team too, that, 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 that are positive. It's just, uh, yeah. you know, it, it, it changes, it changes the job a little bit when, when a season doesn't go in a direction that you or the university hoped it would, it's like difficult to generate mm-hmm. some of those stories. Um, yeah. Cause hogs plus does come from a certain perspective. Absolutely. 
and and it can be frustrating, obviously, for fans, you know, because we don't, we're not trying to sugarcoat anything. Uh, we just pivot, you know. It, it depends on on how the things are going, and I will say that the football staff has been great. Sam Pittman has been great with us uh, ever since I've gotten here at Hearts Plus, and you know, we we try to be as as transparent as we can in the stories that we tell. And that's something that I think Sam Pittman also does. You know, when he's talking to the media, he's very transparent and open about what's going on with the program, what he thinks is going wrong, what he thinks is going right. And I really value that. And so we try to do the exact same thing. Tara, I want to ask you a, a basketball question and in a program mm-hmm. that's just trending in a totally other direction. What, 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 yeah. do you, what do you make about these moves and this guard play and kind of the revamp, the renew? I mean, it's a totally different team. I know you have some Devo still there. Brazil's back. Yeah. We didn't get to see him a lot last year. But what are your initial thoughts on this basketball team? I mean, I think everyone's pretty high on this basketball team right now. It's hard not to be when you see just – how well they're playing together so early. I think that's one of the things that in the past couple of years, you know, it took some of their teams a little bit longer to click. And it seems like as of right now, what you can tell is that these guys seem like they've been playing together for a while. They have a lot of trust in each other. And you also, I feel like everyone knows their role. Like L. Ellis is just such a true point guard and an old school type point guard. And I love watching him play. Also, you've got like Kayla's battle. By the way, did y'all hear his quote the other day uh, about Trevor Brazil? I thought that was so funny. <laughs> he was like, man, God took his time with Trevor Brazil. Because not only is he a great player, but he's a great teammate as well. So it seems like those guys are gelling. And I know that Muffleman is not thrilled with how they won against Old Dominion. Uh, I'm sure you guys saw some of that post-game press conference. But that's also just his style of coaching. Like, he is not going to shy away from getting in your face if he thinks he did something wrong. And it seems like those guys respond to it well. So I'm thinking that this team is going to have a pretty a pretty great season right now. He would find things to to be to 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 be upset is the right word. Oh yeah, not be pleased about. You're irritated by. Yeah, but you don't want him playing great in November. You just want him winning games. I mean, this is not where yeah. a team is going to peak. This is where you find out where. Maybe there might be a couple of soft spots and, and, and how to fix that and what rotations are working and everything. So it's like every exactly. November, you know what? I think I think I want must to be a little ticked off. I want that. Yeah. yeah. And and also, I mean, I'm wondering what you guys think about the rotation because the other night it was kind of a, a tight rotation. But I, I'm pretty sure, and you don't correct me if I'm wrong, but I think guys like those opinion and stuff are going to play factors throughout the season as well, even if they didn't see game time. I, I think there's more depth on this team than last year. I agree with you, Tara. I think it could be – last year, what was it? It was kind of like Jalen Graham might be the guy that if Ricky Council mm-hmm. wasn't scoring uh, or Anthony yeah. Black wasn't getting it going on. But I, I'm with you. I think I see three or four guys that could come off the off the bench just kind of based on matchups. They might not play every game, but if, if there's a matchup they can exploit, they'll do it. Yeah, exactly. So having guys like that who you know can come off the bench and play a massive role for you is is really going to be good. And so I think that's kind of what I saw the other night when I was at, uh, I think it was the Old Dominion game, and just kind of watching, like, you know, it was, a, it was a closer game than they wanted, obviously, but they pulled through. And I think you can see 
that that depth is there. Some people may be headed up to the hill that had football tickets, and they're wondering mm-hmm. whether or not they're going to go. But they probably also some of them probably have soccer tickets because you get yeah. the second and third round Arkansas hosting at Razorback Field tomorrow. They get Pitt, and then hopefully on Sunday the winner of Notre Dame and Memphis. Um, yeah. You know the big question is this the year that Coach Hale gets his team to the College Cup? They've come so close a few times. Is this mm-hmm. the year? I mean, you sure hope so. Like, I mean, Coach Hale is one of my favorite coaches on campus. He is just a spitfire. Like, him and his team are so unique, in my opinion. And I, I just, I love covering them. They've also been super successful in NCAA matches at home. I know that fans show up well for them. I think they've won, like, 30-plus games or something in a row at home. So I'm hoping that favors them this weekend. Uh, I will say Pitt, Pitt's coming off like a 6-0 win over Ohio State. So I was, that was uh, kind of a daunting when I saw that. But they have the players. They're playing extremely well together. And I think that this is a team that could absolutely get to that college cup. So I did listen to the most recent That's the T podcast with you and uh-huh. Aaliyah Brooks at Michaela Daniels and Sasha Goforth on talking about trash talk. Um, <laughs> yeah. Tell me the, uh, the, the, the concept behind That's the T and, uh, and what you and Talia hope to do with this. Yeah, so we, we changed it up a little bit. The first season was more of a, you know, insightful, tell us your story, sit down, interviews with different women on campus. But now we've changed a little bit to different types of topics like trash talk and and we're going to talk about nil we'll talk about you know life after being athletes stuff like that and so we decided when we wanted to do the trash talk conversation we were like you know what who do we get we got to have some girls on campus that are pretty good at this and my mind immediately went to like soccer and women's basketball (laughs) because those girls are fiery and when i talked to uh, Michaela Daniels, she was like, yeah, me and Sasha will we'll be there. That'll be great. And I, I got to say, I love that Sasha is back. Uh, she seems like she's doing great. She is so fun to watch out there on the court, too. So that was a really fun conversation to have with them and have them kind of open up about some of the stuff that goes on that people might not hear during the game. Because <laughs> there's a lot of it. It's football season at your neighborhood Buffalo Wild Wings. And with 64-inch TVs, beer, burgers, and, you know, wings, Buffalo Wild Wings is the best choice to watch the big game. So bring the gang and join us this football season at your local Buffalo Wild Wings in Bryant, Little Rock, Sherwood, Conway, Jonesboro, and Fort Smith. Buffalo Wild Wings, beer, wings, sports, and your home for any game. Roar! Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE. That's B L E A V. For your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Are we eating in a week? Are you, gonna, are, are you Matt, when you do Thanksgiving dinner, is it lunch 
or is it or is it dinner? Where it's are you like going to be eating in exactly a week? Or are you waiting for like a week and maybe five hours? Man, you know there'll be football on. You got uh, got the mid. It's just uh, it's eat, take nap, eat, take nap, watch football. Maybe maybe get a jog in as far as being a, a quarterback, all time quarterback on the football field type thing. But it's a lot of lot of eating. I have no idea what I'm going to be doing as far as that's concerned. <clears throat> I think I'm just going to be hanging out on Thanksgiving, getting ready for football the next day. Ed from Greenwood on the McClarty Daniel Hotline. Hey, Ed, thanks for the call. How are you? Hey, guys. Hey, Matt. Hope you guys have a good day. Listen, I got a little different take on this football team that I've not heard yet. Um, unless I'm mistaken, uh, Ole Miss and Auburn are the only two games that we lost by more than one possession. Now, I know there's a lot. If, you mean A&M. But, A&M, uh, A&M and Auburn. Or A and M, I'm sorry, yes. Um and even that was, you know, last last play extra score. But anyway, I know if and but are big words when you're talking about uh things like this, but had we won even say three or four of those one score games, would people be saying Pittman's a genius or that he's gotten more out of the talent than what he should have? You know, it, it's it's kind of funny that you could be so close to all these uh, teams like Alabama and LSU and all this that nobody else has played them that close. And and could it be just one more thing that went your way that might have changed some of those games? Yet, I've been hearing all kinds of things about how this is the worst team ever and blah, blah, blah. And how could that be when they they play so well against so many? Now, I understand W's mean everything, but... To, to be so close, I would think they're on the verge of something big, not worst ever. Well, I look, I think, I think the, wor- the worst Arkansas bit. teams that I've seen, Ed, were all in Chad Morris's time, and they just got blown out. Virtually got blown out on a routine basis. If there was a close game, you felt like, how did that happen? Hey, well, we went 1-7 and seven in conference play this year. Those teams went 0-8. Oh so, yeah, we, 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 I don't think we're, this, we're not 0-8. This, oh this is not the worst Arkansas team ever, and it is, it's probably not even that close. I mean, the record is what the record is. Um, and I'm not here to defend the record. And the record also, unfortunately, the, the fact is, Ed, is right now this Arkansas team is just good enough to lose games by four to seven points on a routine basis. And, and to me, that's not necessarily if the ball bounced this way, if one thing happened, if that thing happened. Those things didn't happen. What they've shown is that they're just good enough to, when they're given good effort, lose a game by four to seven points. And, and I don't know if to me that means that they're this close. So well, let's look at it from that perspective then. Let's say Arkansas finds a way to, uh, to, to get the ball back from LSU if you saved a couple of those timeouts. Right, there's an if for you. One of the reasons why we didn't know what would have happened in LSU had trouble with the timeouts. Um, if that happens there, or is that Alabama? Either one of those two games. Either one of those two. If you end up with the ball at the end rather than the other way around, who knows what happens. And if you were able to win one, I mean one, of those four games during the gauntlet from Baton Rouge through Arlington through Oxford all the way to Tuscaloosa, Four games right there. And the A&M game, I don't, it didn't feel like it was a 12-point ball game. It felt more like that was a 24-point ball game. Arkansas got physically dominated in that game. If you find a way to win one of those games, does that mean that the rest of the season doesn't go in the direction that it went? Does the offense show up 
and play like they meant to play, like they wanted to play against Mississippi State. Um, and, and at that point, you know, who knows what happens in the, in the Auburn game? I, I don't know. But I, they, you had to win one of those four games for the season to not just start sort of falling apart from, the, from, from where it was. You know, and man, I mean, I feel the same way about baseball teams that consistently lose one-run games, Ed, at, you know, when over the course of a football season and the course of a baseball season, the ifs, the ends, and the buts end up being reasons why you lose close games consistently. That's what I've seen this year. Okay, uh, as far as recruiting goes, though, if people were talking about how close they are, some of these recruits might be more tempted to join the team thinking, hey, I might just be that piece to change it and make Maybe. it better. But on the other hand, people now are talking about how bad they are, and that's going to hurt for recruiting. Well, so there was something Rick said at the end of the broadcast the other day, Ed. Um, we, there were so many recruits on the sideline that watched Auburn smash Arkansas, and, and Rick says, well, now that all these recruits know that there's available playing time, right? And, but there's one of the things that I think sometimes we're not thinking about is something that Sam talked about a lot yesterday. Maybe it isn't the available playing time. Maybe it isn't where you're from. Maybe it doesn't even have that much to do with the relationship that you have with the coach. It's what do you have for me in terms of NIL? That also is a big reason why. Right. All right, guys. I appreciate it. Have a good day. Thank you, Ed. It's good to hear from you. Yeah, you got to do the little things better, the attention to detail. And and some of these kids, you, you're right. And I think it was um, – you know, it was a, a college girl basketball player that said, and that said, this is the most money she's ever going to make in her her life, and it's because she, when some of these college football players and kids, this is this is the time they can make money to set them up for set them and their family up for life. I mean, you got to strike when the iron is hot, right? I mean, the, the iron doesn't necessarily stay hot just because you're an athlete and you, everybody. Well, they go to college, you're going to play in the pros. It doesn't always work like that. Yeah, it's an untapped, uncapped market. I mean, it's it's the iron is extremely hot. Eight seven seven three seven seven sixty nine sixty three for calls and texts on the McClarty Daniel Hotline. McClartyDaniel.com. You want to look at their entire inventory? You can get a look at it at any of McClarty Daniel's six locations in Springdale or Bentonville. Seth in Fort Smith says if they would have just taken care of business against BYU and Mississippi State, well, then this would have been for a bowl game this week. He's right. He's right about that, too. Well, you and take it, take, man, I mean, we wanted to think like the BYU game was just uh, not, not a fluke, but just something you could, you could fluff off. Man, that was when the season started to trend, trend downward. And truthfully, I mean, they didn't play very well against Kent State and win that game 28 to 6. I guess, you know, there were signs pretty early that you were really going to have trouble blocking and running. Last, last first team touchdown uh, has, was 11.47 to go in the third quarter. A.J. Green scored a touchdown. That's the last first team offensive touchdown the Hogs have scored at home. Justin says it's not about what a coach can do for you, but what you can do for me. I think he's trying to make the point of, is, you know, the athletes sometimes are coming with the handout. And the first thing on their mind, and I don't think this is for all of them, but I think it's for a chunk of them, and it certainly has got to be in the back of any student-athlete's mind. How much am I going to be able to make by going to this school? They have to be thinking about that. Well, they're thinking about that when you're looking for a job. That's essentially what these kids are looking for in that case, an education, a place to play football, and money in the pocket. 
Yeah, it's, it's you know what's your, what's your value, what's your worth, and and I'm sure uh, like like Coach Pittman was saying that w- when kids that were already up there uh, are, are making a certain amount of money, but then this incoming freshman comes in and the kids talk, you know, and they're like, well, how come this kid's getting more money than I am? And it, yeah. it, it kind of can cause division in the locker room. Not, giving nineteen year old kids a lot of money that doesn't bring them closer together. So you know, I know when Sam talks about uh, restrictions on on NIL, I don't know if restriction is the right word or if it's guardrails or maybe some sort of uh, of uh, salary stare. You know that freshmen can get this much, sophomores can get this much, and again, part of this is also, man, this is not the same thing as how you treat professional athletes who have representation and collectively bargained agreements. I mean, why does the NFL... The NFL does not have... Sam says, we're not playing with Monopoly money. It might feel like the NFL is playing with Monopoly money, but they actually have a finite amount of money inside the system. And a certain percentage goes to the players. And a certain percentage goes to the owners. You don't have that in college football. You won't. There is no clearly just one pot defined of money. It's conference by conference by conference. And it's a confederated organization in the sense where the NFL is a federated organization. So again, it's my point I made in the first segment. Stop with the comparisons to the NFL. It isn't even remotely the same thing. Hey, sports fans, don't let plumbing issues throw you off your game. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric is here to tackle those pesky drain blockages and ensure your water heater is always in MVP form. With Pascal's world-class service, you can count on a winning play every time. Whether it's a quick drain clear or a water heater touchdown, Pascal's got the expertise to keep your home running smoothly. Stay in the game and leave the plumbing to the pros. Schedule your service online anytime at gopascal.com. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Hi, everybody. This is Chris George from Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russellville. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Christmas gifts, weddings, heirloom family treasures. And at Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we only have one sale every year, and it's right now. Every single item in our store is value priced for Christmas. We do custom one-of-a-kind jewelry. If that's what you're looking for, come see us. You can get anything fixed for a Christmas gift. Selection, quality, service, and Christmas red tag prices now through Christmas at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russellville. Are you in need of an attorney? Hickey and Hull Law Partners is your firm. Hickey and Hull understand the importance of client communication, meeting with you, responding to emails, and returning calls. Hickey and Hull are attorneys you can trust to guide you through a divorce or a custody case, criminal charges, or even civil lawsuit. Ready to put their seven decades of experience to work for you and get the best results. Every case is important. Hickey and Hull Law Partners strive to give each client the time and attention it deserves. Visit them at KevinHickeyLaw.com. Hickey and Hull Law Partners. Things are about to get better. And now, back to the podcast. Brad Dolan's with us on the McClarty Daniel Hotline. Brad, of course, from RSN, covers a lot of the Arkansas teams, if not every single one of them. Touchdown Radio as well. He's been on the call all year long uh, for uh, their schedule of games which last week included texas visiting tcu and the longhorns pulling out a 29 to 26 victory man brett you guys pick tight ball games this year outside of michigan's blowout of michigan state and penn state shutting out iowa you've seen virtually nothing but games that come down to the very end as the last three and certainly last week for you did yeah so we have been lucky and i said that as much 
last week when TCU was trying to pull off a crazy comeback and they scored three touchdowns, hoping to get the ball back one more time with a chance to tie or win, and they couldn't stop a third and 12. Texas deep in their own territory, but we've been fortunate. You know, you pick these games, some of them you pick weeks in advance or months, others you you wait and you get a couple of weeks out and it's a little bit of a potluck, but uh, we can't complain. I hope we get one more this week and then the Iron Bowl lives up to its normal billing in a couple of weeks just to kind of finish off what has been a really entertaining regular season. So Jonathan Brooks goes down with the ACL tear and he's out for the season. What do you think this does to Texas's hopes to finish the season as a Big 12 champion and maybe make the playoff and go from there? Well, it doesn't hurt uh, that uh, – well, it doesn't help that, that Brooks is out. But I think other things that will hurt Texas is the fact that the Big 12 is no longer quite as good as we thought. You know, I think Texas' best hope was a formidable Oklahoma opponent that they could maybe avenge a loss and, and be a – on-the-rise Big 12 champion. But right now, they're limping a little bit with, with their injuries, and they weren't quite as good as I expected, although that wasn't an easy game, a November road game. But, um, you know, the Big 12 is probably on the wrong side of this playoff conversation right now as it stands. If the Pac-12 gets one, the Big 10 gets one or two, the SEC gets at least one, and then, uh, you know, Florida State may be a possibility as well. So uh, they're, they're on the wrong side right now. Well, a team that's a, a year early to the party is Louisville, and I don't know if it's their their schedule this year, but they're they're probably going to win out. I, I think they can beat Miami. Uh, I know that's a coin flip game, but nine and one. Uh, coach Braun is their coach. With uh, they got is that Jake Plummer's son that's playing. They got a lot of quarterback play there. Uh, are you buying into this Louisville team? And do you think that I, I know he's a legacy as far as Coach Braun there at, at Louisville? Uh, do you think he stays there? Or could he be a guy that's on the move? No, I think he's going to stay for a long time. In fact, a couple of years ago when his Purdue team took down my Iowa team, I kept thinking, why isn't he in Louisville? Why doesn't he go away? Um, you know, they probably should have lost that game last Thursday night. Uh, and they, they, they snuck one out of the fire against a, a team that I, I thought that, you know, they certainly should have overwhelmed. Now, I'll be curious to see what they do in Miami this week. I lose my partner. He's back in Miami getting his jersey retired. And I keep telling him that his ACC is – is not very good. It's it's Florida State, and, and they defeated Duke, and, and, and they really don't have a ton of teams on their, their schedule except a championship game with Louisville. So I'll be curious to see if, if Louisville can knock off Florida State. I think it might take the ACC out. But right now they're clearly the second-best team in, in that conference, and the ACC needs better teams. They need a few more teams to, to compete because – if Florida State gets in, Matt, I think that's the one that we know the least about. I mean, I think they're pretty good, and that win against LSU early in the year seems to be the feather in their cap, but are they as good as an Oregon or a Washington or a Michigan or an Ohio State or a Georgia or an Alabama? I don't know. Are you telling me Gino Toretta has, like, ACC pride? I mean, didn't he, did he play <laughs> in Miami when they were independent, or were they just about right. to join the Big East? Well, you know, it's a great point. I, I tease him a little bit because I keep saying, you know, the ACC needs to be better. It's not good enough. And I'm like, Florida State, I mean, who are they playing in the last half of the year? And, well, they're playing Louisville. And I'm like, all right, but, you know, we'll see if the Hurricanes take down Louisville this week in, in Miami. I, I, I think Louisville's better. But, again, you know, you go on the road in November and, and, and weird things happen and, and, uh, and upsets aren't quite as stellar as, as uh, they were a couple of months back, and, and, and they don't seem quite as shocking. But, 
Um, no, he, he, he just likes to do that because I, I throw a lot of Big Ten smoke at him, and he gets tired of hearing that, so I give it back to him on the ACC. It's all defensive smoke out of the Big Ten anyway. You saw, you, right. speaking of Miami, you saw them beat A&M uh, second week of the season. Um, after that game, look, I mean, that's the kind of game that I think they fired Jimbo Fisher for. You know, it's a guy that's got a winning record in the SEC, but didn't beat Ole Miss enough, didn't beat Alabama enough, didn't win any division titles. Um, you got to win games like that. Even though it's out of conference, you got to win games like Miami, uh, the way that they're paying him and the way that A&M wants to view themselves. With that idea, any surprise at all they got rid of him right now, or did you think that maybe it would have been another year? Well, I, I think at least I thought he'd get through this year. Now, I know what they're thinking. If we can make a move now, we can be the first opening that these hot candidates think about, and we've got a little bit of time to get out ahead of this before other schools start doing the same thing. Phil, I couldn't agree more as far as losing a game to Miami because you know you're going to have a couple of losses here in the air in the, in the SEC, but when you lose a game at a conference, and it just starts the season on a bad note, and it frustrates people, and, and I, I think that sent the thing spiraling down. When Jimbo took that job, guys, and, and not to name drop too much, but just for a, the sake of a point, I, I, I got to be in his office, and it was him and me. Just the, And he was telling me about his vision for the program. And he said, you know, we're going to recruit Houston and Dallas extremely well. And they did. We're going to get all kinds of five stars and four stars. They did. And he goes, we're going to compete for championships. They did not. And, and they didn't even compete for championships within the confines of their own conference, let alone the NCAA. So... The way that things fell down seemed a little shocking because his record overall isn't that much different than Kevin Sumlin, and he was thrown out of the door, and then Jimbo was thrown out with a much bigger buyout. So I'm surprised it wasn't a little more effective just because I, he kind of had me buying in that with the recruits he was going to be better. It, it just didn't work out. And then a loss to Miami, and then you stumble in conference a few times, and before you know it, it's, what, the seventh, eighth, ninth best team in the SEC? It's just, just not to what level they expect. Brett, I know you. You just we were talking a, a little bit about Florida State. Do you, do you think that if if Florida State and Washington, if and Washington will have a rematch with Oregon, it looks like. But if Florida State and Washington go undefeated, uh, there's no way they miss out on the Final Four this year, is there? I don't think so. Um, and, and you're right. If if Washington goes undefeated, they will have to defeat an Oregon team again. And and again, I think Oregon's a little better. And I know they didn't win the game. And, I think Bo Nix is playing really well. If they defeat Oregon a second time, I think they're in. And even Florida State, I don't know if their resume will will look as good as as maybe a handful of other teams just because of the ACC's weakness. But I don't think they miss out. So then it becomes a situation where the Big Ten's only going to get one team, not two. And, you know, that leaves Georgia. But Alabama's playing them for the last three weeks as well as anybody. And could they defeat Georgia? Maybe. You know, we'll see. But I think if you go undefeated, you're in a pretty good spot. The Big Ten's the curious one, though, Matt, because of that. You know, Ohio State and Michigan both within the top four, and they'll meet next week. I don't know what Michigan team I'm going to get this week, because if ever there was a definition of a tramp game, it's going on the road without your coach and winning at Penn State last week and then uh, play at Ohio State next week to go to Maryland in between. Um, so I, I'm curious to see how they look. To me, I feel like they are very much a top-four team. Um, but either way, I, I think that leaves the Big Ten with one, and that's fine. I mean, the Big Ten doesn't need two teams, and the SEC doesn't need two. I'd kind of like to see a, 
a Washington or Oregon or even a, a Florida State in the top four just to kind of get the representation from the different leagues in different regions of the country. You get Michigan at Maryland this weekend. You've seen Michigan already once. Um, Harbaugh calls them America's team. I mean, I, can, I don't know how you can say that with a straight face. Are they America's team or are they the villain of all of college football right now? They probably are much more the villain. You know, I, I, I listened to the 35-minute press conference with Jim Harbaugh, and I told I told Gino, I said, I'm going to have to reconsider my entire training regimen because I'm watching him say we're America's team. He spent three and a half minutes talking about the chickens that he raises in the backyard of his home and how they lay an egg every 24 hours. I feel like he's taken way too many shots to the head with plastic helmets in his day. It's just something about Jim that doesn't quite make sense when I'm, I'm listening to him. I, you know, I, I guess, and Matt's been a part of this much more than you and I have, you know, you, you kind of rally your team together and whatever the calling card is that week, you know, it's us against everybody else. And maybe it works within the locker room. It seems a little bizarre for us that are watching from outside, but I will say this, they seem to be rolling in the same direction. They seem to be playing for each other. They, they seem to be buying into trying to, to uh, have an undefeated regular season. And if they win against Ohio State and Maryland, they'll beat the West team in the playoff, probably Iowa in the Big Ten championship game. But it's a, it's a bizarre year because, um, you know, their, their assistant coach crying after the game. I mean, Harbaugh's not on his deathbed. He's in the hotel a mile away accused of cheating. It's not a win-win for the Gipper, but they seem to believe it is. So, you know, more power to him, I guess. Brett, give me uh, – the, there, there's going to be some good games coming up. Give me the, the player that you think is going to play have the Heisman moment this year. Is, is it going to be Michael Penix out at Washington? Is it Bo Nix getting, getting that revenge game? Is, is it J.J. J. J. McCarthy getting uh, taking Michigan to an undefeated se- season? Who do you think is going to step up and shine and really take a hold of that, that Heisman these next couple weeks? Oh, that's a great question, and I love it. It's one that I, I, I talk about with subplot with, with my Heisman winner a lot. I, th- I think if you were a betting guy, you might say Michael Penix. Um, he seems he's going to put up numbers, even in games where he's not elite. He's going to throw for three hundred and three or four touchdowns. I think Bo Nix has been a little bit better, but he has to beat Penix in in the championship game in Las Vegas. JJ McCarthy is, is extremely good, but my goodness, they didn't do anything to help his cause by not throwing the ball one time in the second half against Penn State. They tried once, it was a pass interference penalty, but no official passes in the second half. And Jaden Daniels, of all the players I've seen this year, and I haven't seen Penix in person this year, but I've seen him previously, Jaden Daniels is the most electrifying guy. His quickness, his ability to run the big plays, and those are what we think of at Heisman moments, a 50-yard run or a 60-yard pass. He seems to have more of those. I hope his team's record compared to others doesn't hurt him, Matt. I I think he deserves an invite to New York. I said it in early October when I saw him. This kid deserves to be in New York. I think he is the most exciting player in college football, but I think Penix probably has the best chance to have a Heisman moment against Oregon and, and Las Vegas in the Pac-12 championship game to give himself a chance to uh, to win the trophy. Well, I mean, it's sort of like Lamar Jackson, right? Uh, when he won when he won the Heisman, they have they three were, or four losses. Phil, they, I think he had three, three losses. I uh, think RG three, yeah. I think had at Baylor had, had yeah. three losses yeah. when he won the Heisman. I mean, this Jaden Daniels is kind of in the same mold as those two quarterbacks, right? No, no, that's a that's a great follow up to that because I saw Lamar Jackson. I had one of his games on touchdown radio, and when I got done with his combination of speed and passing, it's a similar mood that I had after watching Jaden Daniels 
bring his team back from 15 down at Mizzou. And had Mizzou won that game, we'd be talking about the Tigers right now facing the Georgia Bulldogs, you know, or or a possibility of maybe sneaking in as the fourth or fifth team with only one loss. But, uh, no, it's, it's a good comparison because Lamar did things that just – made you gasp but you just couldn't believe how he was outrunning everybody on the football field and then you know drop back and throw a 40 50 yard touchdown pass daniels has the same type of feel and he has to be good i know his team his defense isn't great so he has to constantly be scoring points and putting up numbers but when you watch him play for three hours it's as entertaining as anybody in college football Brett, we'll leave it there safe travels out to maryland college park i believe right that's where the school is located you know, I've never been there for a game, so I'm going to figure it out. We're staying downtown by the White House tomorrow night, a few blocks away, and then I'm going to figure out how to get to whatever it is on 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 uh, Saturday, flying to Cancun Sunday for basketball, Iron Bowl next week. It's the best week of my year, brother. Have a great time, Brett. We'll look forward to it, and we'll visit with you in a couple weeks, okay? You got it. Thanks, Brett. Never been to the campus. I don't think I've been to College Park either. Should be an interesting game, though. Watch Michigan just go out and destroy them. And then bring the tissues onto the field for the sideline interview afterwards with Sharon Moore. You're listening to the Eastside Liquor Halftime Podcast. Check out the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast at hitthatline.com. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.